When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Game 7 between Nashville and Anaheim about to start. Ducks winger Corey Perry says Anaheim has to stick with what worked for them in their three wins in the series. It's a game 7. I mean, anything can happen and uh, you just go out and you play hockey. And you know, I think if, if we do a lot of things that we did in uh, game 3, 4, 5, we'll be alright. And Ducks captain Ryan Getzlaff says he plans to lead by example tonight. Nothing really needs to be said. We've got to go out and do it. It's game seven. Everyone knows that they're, you know, I'm not going to go out and give some motivational speech. I've got to go out and do what I need to do and, uh, and play hard, and the guys know that. You know who they should hire for a motivational speech is uh, Matt Foley. I heard you can get him in a van down by the river. The other NHL game tonight, Islanders over the Lightning 5-3. Ben Bishop pulled in that game. He only made nine saves, allowed four goals. Grice gets the win, 33 saves. Shane Prince scored twice for the Islanders. Baseball tonight, Blue Jays lose 4-0 to the White Sox. Your scoreboard is courtesy Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Reed Wilkins with you. Bernard Suen on the other side of the window. You, was why Matt Foley reference totally lost on you? Kind of. <laughs> well, not kind of, either yes or no. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, you kids. Like, why are they giving me... I, I gotta, I'm going to call Sid Smith. Why, why don't I have high school kids operating my show? Uh, I graduated high school two years ago. Oh, wow, okay. Well, well that makes me feel better. Um, three years now. I, I, I'm, I lost track. <laughs> he's, he's so old, he lost track of when he finished high school. Well, I already have gray hair, so... Do you know who Chris Farley was? No. Do you know what Saturday Night Live is? Yes, I know that. Chris Farley was a very funny member of the Saturday Night Live cast who did a motivational speaker character called Matt Foley. Oh. Made probably one of the greatest characters in the history of the show. So I, I, I think I should watch it now. YouTube, Chris Farley, Matt Foley. Okay. Very funny. The Christmas one with Sally Field, very funny. Hmm. David's, the one with David Spade and Christina Applegate, like they're laughing because he's so funny. Okay. Uh, and Chris Farley was a very obese gentleman, which added to the humor. Hmm. Anyway, moving along. Inside Sports presents Legends of the Game. Well, the latest class for Canada's Sports Hall of Fame has been announced and includes Canadian Football League legend, former Toronto Argonaut Pinball Clemens, who joins us now. Michael Pinball Clemens, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing, sir? 
I'm wonderful, Reed. How are you today? I'm doing very well, and it's great to have you on Inside Sports. And I have to say congratulations on the uh, inductment into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Man, how does that sound when you hear that? Uh, you know, it, it, it's overwhelming. It truly is. Um, I, I, uh, it, it's one of those things that you don't expect. Um, and um, from, you know, from a personal standpoint, you know, playing our game, playing football, um, it, it, uh, I feel so undeserving because, you know, there are so many guys. And I mean, if you, you know, uh, are a basketball player, and you have to shoot that point ball from the three-point line. I mean, you, you, you do that, right? You, you're the one who pulls the trigger and you put it in the hoop if you hit the home run right you do that um you know if you score a goal if you're a sniper you you score the goal but in our game every yard that i've gained uh someone else that there are 11 other guys that have had something to do that uh with that and and uh uh so on, on any one play you know um i'm only doing one twelfth of the work and so there are all of these other guys who are out there so i i'm, I'm just um grateful and i i, I do hope uh, uh, that the the people, all the guys, all the coaches and players uh, who helped me uh, 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 get to this point, um, uh, understand that that this is theirs even more than mine. Well, well said. And you mentioned eleven other guys. Now you would have grown up playing the, uh, in a, a style of football where there were ten other guys. Um, yes. Take me back a little bit. The, the transition from the American game to the Canadian game for you. What was it like? Difficult, or, or why did it just work better for you in Canada? Well, um, you know, the uh, I guess the reality is is is. Uh, um, uh, at my size, the game uh, seemed to be more conducive. But, uh, you know, from a kid growing up at eight years old, uh, I could always run. I had my jersey retired at a local restaurant when I was 11 years old. Um, and, uh, and then I went up through high school, and I was the, you know, they give the, you know, the most outstanding player in the county or the district that you live in. And, and uh, uh, being one of the smallest guys, I was actually still the most outstanding player in the county, and I went to to university, went to a small school, uh, not expecting uh, to play football professionally. I went to a, a, a more of an academic school called the College of William and Mary. That's the second oldest school behind Harvard, and um, and graduated with a degree in economics. Never thought that football was a possibility. I was actually interning at a company called Honeywell, and they were going to pay for me to get my MBA. So football was actually a mistake. I just you know just uh, uh, fell into it, but I was you know, eventually drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, and I played a year there uh, before coming up uh, to Toronto to the Canadian Football League, and it certainly was a style uh, that suited me. Uh, had success all the way along the way, uh, you know, as I mentioned, and, and um, became a, a college football All-American as well. Uh, uh, so I, I had had success before, uh, but at the professional level, when we got to, to this level, the wide-open field, the no fair catches, uh, the uh, the dynamic uh, opportunities with three downs that you have uh, uh, where you, you, the football isn't as conservative. Um, all of those things were, were transformative for me and really helped me to be successful here. But more than that, it, it really is the, the, the people that are around you, uh, the coaches um, 
Coach Don Matthews was amazing for me. Uh, he was the first coach that gave me a chance to play running back full-time at the professional level. Uh, and he put me in positions to be successful. Adam Rita was his right-hand man, the guy who devised the offense to, to allow me to do things. And then, uh, again, all of those players. And so um, when we say, you know, when we, you know, this, this, this kind of award in this day um, says, uh, look at look at what you've done. Um, my feeling on it is, look at what you've done for me, and that starts with Canada. I, I, for, I, I often say that after my wife and kids, um, Canada is probably the greatest gift I've received in my adult life, um, and uh, just so so proud to you know to to be Canadian now and to be here and and to be able to pursue my dreams and then beyond that be able to in, engage in other things uh, post football. And so it, it has been a wonderful gift. And then all of those who are who are so much uh, a part of my success, and, and namely my mom, who made the greatest sacrifices, right? She was the one who was there for me. Uh, but the game certainly uh, uh came easy to me uh, if I can you know sort of you know maybe just quickly recall the very first game I saw uh, when I came football is football you kind of see and you hear that all of these different things happening but when you get right down to it it's still running blocking catching and tackling and uh, and certainly that was the case but as I went through that first week of training camp I, you know I was kind of you know trying to figure things out a little bit and then we had the um, the first pre season game, which was the first year of the Sky Dome. I wasn't playing. I had pulled my hamstring that first week there, and I was watching uh, from the, the 500 level at the old uh, Sky Dome, now called the Rogers Center. And when I was up there looking, everything just all of a sudden made sense. It was opening up. As a matter of fact, I, I think I got more experience watching the game from the 500 level up there than I would have if I would have actually played the game. Wow. That's awesome. Michael Pinball Clemens joining us inside sports on 630Jet. He's going into Canada's Sports uh, Hall of Fame. I, I had no idea you had your jersey retired when you were 11. That, that's pretty cool. I'm glad it didn't go to your head. Uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> my, um, my mom made sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, uh, I, I mean, you, you were a great player. You, you were hard to stop. Um, is there someone you remember as being really tough to play against who uh, uh, was always hitting you hard or trying to outsmart you or, or, or anything like that from, a, from an op- opponent's perspective? You, you know, um, the, uh, all the, um, the teams that, that gave us the greatest challenge um, were the traditionally Western teams. I say traditionally because um, – uh, Winnipeg would be in that number. Uh, in the days when they had uh, James West and Tyrone Jones uh, um, and uh, uh, Alfred Payton, um, they they had these 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 great defenses. Uh, so that was that was one era. Uh, and at the same time, you had another group uh, in Edmonton there that overlapped uh, that era. Where that that uh, Danny Bass. Uh, anchored that defense and they they were guys that came and then the guy who may have given me um uh the 
the biggest challenge um, was a guy named Daryl Hall that played for Calgary and those Calgary defenses. So, so those three were, were probably the most challenging for me. Hamilton, obviously a big rival. Montreal, you know, turned out to be uh, a longer-term rival for us uh, towards the latter part of my career. But, but the toughest I've played are certainly those, and Daryl Hall specifically, uh, who was a, we, uh, a, a Sam linebacker, so an extended linebacker who, who was um, uh, in, in, in the American game more of a strong safety. He had long arms. Uh, he was big. He was fast. He actually um, uh, left um, Calgary after several years to play for, I believe, the Denver Broncos for several years. But he was, he was a challenging guy for me because he was big, strong. And he was about 6'4", long arms and long reach, and he'd get those big paws out there on me. Uh, but, it, you know, all of it was great. I mean, you love to go against the great players. I mean, that's what brings the most out of you. All right, and uh, pinball, we've been looking back. I should look at some uh, current and upcoming events here because uh, you are a vice chair with the Toronto Argos. Tell me a little bit here about the um, the transition that's coming up for your organization. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the first game back in Rogers Centre that you were a part of. Well, now maybe a new era for the team going to BMO Fields uh, in Toronto. What What is that going to mean to the team, and, and how do you hope it helps the organization? Uh, fresh look, fresh atmosphere. Uh, the technical part of it is it's it's a, a better business model. Um, and at the Sky Dome Rogers Center, which I loved and and uh, has been so much a part of my life and my career uh, here, is a wonderful facility. Uh, but the way the the business of it um, meant that you didn't get merchandising, you didn't get parking, uh, you only got a small percentage of concessions you didn't have naming rights or pouring rights to uh, beer or alcohol uh, I mean alcohol I should say or soft drinks and so that business model was much different so so one thing is is we have a, a, a fresh business model that will have more revenue lines in it and 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 then yeah you know the the part that we think about more is the fun of the atmosphere we've, we've got a, a stadium uh, that fits our demand and um, we, we are we are not a team on a regular season game uh, that would expect forty or fifty thousand fans to be out every week. Um, our, our fan base is more of a twenty to thirty thousand, and uh, so we have a, a stadium that fits that that fan base now. A stadium that you can sell out uh, an intimate atmosphere where people will be close. They will be next to each other. There have been renovations on the building uh, that have helped it make an, an, an even better place. The sight lines in this facility uh, will be better. There's a, it's a younger community that it's located in, uh, so it's a very vibrant and electric, young, youthful community. And, and uh, obviously, we, we need to attract more young fans uh, to our games. And and, um, and and it's well. It's a grass field. It's it's outdoors and it's grass. And um, you know when we think of football, that's what we think of. And Edmonton has really been um, you know the Lone Ranger there and having that wonderful grass field that we all love to come out and play on uh, for so many years. And so uh, that's that's uh, I believe many of the features. Um, you know uh, that you know there, there are others, but I think that's many of the reasons why we're so excited. So. Uh, 
the technical merit is you really do need a, a good solid business model and uh, inherently um, just uh, based on the the, uh, the 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 fiscal outlines and 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 structuring of 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 leasing agreements you're in a better situation uh, but as well uh, we think that we'll be able to create a better atmosphere a more conducive atmosphere for our fan base well right on we look forward to when the eskimos are there saturday august 20th michael pinball clemens it has been a pleasure to have you on the show again congratulations on going into the uh, canada sports hall of fame and uh, thanks for sharing some stories and memories with us tonight so very kind, and um, and I'm I'm very proud. I, I should say to go uh, into uh, such a talented um, class at, of 2016 of seven recipients, of which four are extremely talented women. And I really think that we need to push the envelope on that. We 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 certainly, from a talent base for a country our size, doing as well as we do at international events like the Olympics. It's amazing uh, to see how well we do, given uh, our our population is the size of some cities uh, but but even more to that is is our inclusiveness is and, and and as we continue uh, to encourage women to be involved in sport and other things on an equal basis and so very proud to go in with these very talented group of women This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, it's 824, and Colin Wilson has scored for the Nashville Predators. They're almost halfway through the first period. Preds up 1-0 on the Ducks in Game 7. The Islanders beat Tampa Bay 5-3 earlier tonight in Game 1. We just had CFL legend Michael Pinball Clemens on the show. Randy Kilburn coming up with a news update at uh, 830. was lending his ear to that interview hey randy hi boy i I listened to the whole thing that was he's phenomenal like he really is and he was a great player but what a great spokesperson and he's so humble he really deserves to be in the canadian hall of fame for sports i mean just an amazing guy i really love that interview he became a canadian citizen one year ago tomorrow so he's he's totally uh, adopted canada so uh, Brian Troche, Colleen Jones also going in. Troche hockey, obviously Jones curling. Uh, short track speed skating champ Annie Perot, Paralympic swimmer Stephanie Dixon, multi-sport Olympian Sue Holloway, and Special Olympics leader Dr. Frank Hayden. That's the uh, seven going in November 1st in Toronto. And Pinball went out of his way to mention the, uh, the women that were going in and why he feels that's important. Well, I really thought that was terrific on his part, you know, and listening to that interview. And it wasn't because you asked him one question and he went for like the next 20 minutes and you we didn't we didn't hear much of you i'm not saying that okay i'm All really right. not saying that because you know how much i love your show too thanks buddy and i love the way you but anyway on to other things with you know he should be what would be a good title for him he should run for politics and become the next prime minister maybe or the minister <laughs> of sport he was great well he's he's always been a very positive outspoken and humble. Guy. He's, 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 and humble. He's known for that. Uh, yeah, I thought that was cool that he, he had his number retired by a restaurant in his hometown I know. when he was 11. I that's, got a real kick out of that. That was well, he, Yeah, he's from Dunedin, Florida. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. And he works, uh, there was other stuff I, I wanted to talk to him about, but I mean, we, get, we have time constraints, but he, he uh, has a foundation that helps build schools 
in Africa that get has helped out. build 200 schools in Africa. Get yeah. out. Yeah. So I didn't guy, know that. A guy that cares. Pretty interesting dude. Very, very much so. I'll talk to you in like three more minutes. Right on. I'll let you get back to work. Thanks, Thank you. Randy okay. Kilburn over in the 630 Chad Newsroom. Getting his uh, newscast ready. Coming up for uh, 830. Well, tomorrow, Penguins Capitals... We'll get going. Jason Chimera, Edmonton native, plays for the Caps. Ready for this one? Their second half was, uh, I think they were probably the, made it, a, if not the best team in the league, or record, record-wise they were anyway. It was one of those teams that, you know, they, they had some young guys get called up from the from the AHL. They came with Sullivan up there, like Sherry, and, and you got a guy like Rust, and, you know, and you got a guy like Kunako that played really well for him. And you got another older guy, Colin, that's been playing really well for him, too. So, um, And you got the depth players there that played really well. So, we, got, we feel we got a deep team. they got a deep team, too. So I think it's going to come down to, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that the you know, third and fourth liners get it done this series. You know, you're always going to get goals from your, from your good players, but the third and fourth line guys like me, myself, and you got to come through for the team. And it's going to be it's going to be a tight check series, and it's going to be fun. Anytime you get Ovi and, and Crosby together, it's 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 made for TV moments, and it's just uh, it's, it's it's awesome to be part of, for sure. You see your you rivalry nights every night, and, when you play against each other, it seems like we always get more hyped up to play against each other. So it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty good, pretty good TV, pretty good to play. Jason Chimera of the Washington Capitals had him on the show last night. Eight twenty-eight. You can text us to six thirty-six thirty. The open line number seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Want to update you on the Western Hockey League Conference Finals as well. Brandon leads Red Deer 2-1 with nine minutes left in the second period. The Wheat Kings are also up 2-1 in the series. Kelowna fighting for its life against Seattle. Seattle can sweep tonight. They're nine minutes in. The shots are 10-1 for Seattle, but no goals to tell you about yet. When we get back, living the dream, our regular feature is back with Jason Jaffray, Alberta boy, Played a few games in the NHL. He just finished a championship season in Germany. He'll enlighten us when we get back. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. The Ducks already up one nothing on a five on three power play, or pardon me, the Predators already up one nothing on a five on three power play. Uh, well, they, that expires, so now on a five on four power play for a minute twenty. So Nashville trying to take control early here. Six twenty left in the first period. Earlier tonight, Shane Prince scored twice. Tavares got his sixth for the Islanders. They hold off Tampa Bay five three. They had a four uh, one lead. Got cut to 4-3. Cal Clutterbuck got an empty netter as uh, round two of the postseason started before round one was finished. I don't mind that they did that. Don't like the long waits between series. Might as well uh, get the two teams going if they are ready to rock and roll. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Tomorrow on the show, new Edmonton Eskimos linebackers coach Demetrius Maxey will join us and we'll have our weekly feature with NHL on Rogers analyst Kelly Rudy. Always good to have Kelly on the show. It's a luxury and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that. So not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Living the Dream. 
And tonight on Living the Dream, we go over to Germany. A forward with Munich, league champion in the German league, Jason Jaffray. Jason, welcome to Inside Sports on 630 Chet. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I should say congratulations. You uh, you recently wrapped up the, the German league title, I understand. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredible last uh, last few weeks, especially. Uh, I mean, uh, we uh, yeah we won the DEL title. Uh, we had a great run in the playoffs. We uh, we only lost two games all the playoffs. We were able to sweep the final series, and uh, it's been incredible last uh, five six days here in here in Munich. Uh, the, the fans have really come out and uh, and appreciated everything we've done uh, this season. And uh, yeah, it's it's been an incredible time. What kind of fan support do you get in Munich? I mean, I know there's a pretty big name soccer team that plays there. How's the hockey following? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the soccer team is definitely number one, two, and three in the city. It's, uh, I mean, they pack in at, at the FC Bayern. They've won, uh, they've won a couple of league championships here, and they're one of the biggest soccer teams in uh, in the entire world. Uh, and uh so we we battle hard against them i mean they 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 pack in seventy five thousand fans a game to to their games, so uh we definitely don't play on Saturday nights when they play so it's uh but but our fans have been great i mean we got a we got a smaller arena it uh it only fits about seven thousand fans, but uh we pack it in most games and uh if you've ever you've ever seen uh, highlights of a european hockey game it's uh it's a lot different than uh than a north american hockey game the fans don't sit down the one side of the rink doesn't even have uh seats they stand up and cheer and chant and wave flags and make noise play uh, bang drums the entire game it's uh, it's something that uh, you definitely have to see wow well that that sounds like quite the experience and, and you guys had a pretty good regular season too didn't you weren't you first overall yeah, we uh, we started out uh, kind of middle of the pack for most of the season, and, uh, and then kind of right around Christmas we just kind of took off. I think we went 31 and 10 in our last uh, last 41 games, and uh, it, it came right down to the last game of the regular season. Uh, we had to win to uh, to lock up first place, and we did. And it's so it's been uh, it's been a wild ride all year long, uh, and it's uh, I mean it's my first year making the jump over to Europe, and to be able to win a championship in my first year uh, means a lot. How do you compare the style and the quality of hockey to North America, Jason? I was actually very impressed with uh, how good the hockey is here. I mean, uh, with uh, with being over in Canada, I mean, you always see uh, Team Canada always beating up on Team Germany in the Olympics, the World Championships, that sort of thing. So I, I didn't have high expectations of the German hockey players when I came over here, but uh I was pleasantly surprised. The, the hockey is actually very good. Uh, in Germany, you're allowed to have 10 imports on your team. So uh, when I came over here, uh, I'm playing with the likes of Steve Pinizzato, who was an Edmonton Oiler uh, parts of last season, Keita Coyne, who's uh, played for the Islanders. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of big time. I mean, Danny Heatley, Stephen Ryan, Precht, Glenn Metropolit. Uh, there's a lot of guys that you kind of lose lose touch with in the NHL, AHL that that end up over in this league because it is a high end league that uh, that has a lot of good players in it. So uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the style of play, how, how good the players were, how and and how good the German players were too. We got, we got some of the top German players on on our team here in Red Bull and. Uh, 
both my line mates were uh, were German, and they were two of the best line mates I've ever had. So it's uh, it's something to be said. Uh, I mean, the German Hockey League is a, is a lot better than I expected. Jason Jaffrey joining us, living the dream inside sports on 6.30. Chet spent the last season playing in Germany, just won the championship. And, man, uh, your hockey DB page is a fun one to look at. Uh, first <laughs> of all, uh, Rimby, Alberta. I, I mean, I spent a, a small portion of my childhood in, in Alder Flats, so you probably know where that is. Uh, oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, how did you get noticed uh, out of Rimby to play in the Western Hockey League? Well, my my dad worked for the Alberta Wheat Pool, uh, so we kind of moved all over Alberta. I, I was actually uh, north of Edmonton and Westlock for a few years. I was down in Brooks for about eight, nine years, and uh, I'm actually residing in Olds, uh, just north of Calgary there now. Uh, and I, you know what, it was tough because I played in a lot of small towns and uh, places like Westlock and Olds and Rimby and, uh, and uh, not exactly hockey hubs, so... Uh, but when I got to when I, I I kind of spent my teenage years in Olds and uh, I was able to make the trip into Red Deer. My parents were driving me in uh, back and forth to Red Deer three four times a week, and that's kind of how I got noticed was uh, was playing my junior hockey and uh, with the Red Deer Junior Rebels and the Optimist Chiefs and Midget, and uh, kind of just worked up through the ranks from there. Awesome stuff. And you were briefly. Uh, I think when you would have been pretty young, you you played a few games for for the Edmonton Ice, which uh, a team that didn't last very long before they moved on to uh, to Kootenay. I don't know if you remember being a member of the Edmonton Ice uh, very much, but you, you had some pretty good seasons with Kootenay, though. Yeah, you know what? I, I remember, the, I think I only played six or seven games for the Edmonton Ice, but uh, those were my first pro games. I, I remember those vividly, and... Uh, it was we weren't very good that year i mean we were kind of still an expansion team that was uh, that was building up and uh but the the season after with the edmonton ice we ended up winning the championship uh in or no two years after we ended up winning the the western hockey league championship for the for the kootenai ice which uh really got some exposure i got to play with some great players like jared stoll and steve mccarthy dan blackburn uh to name some of those players off that team and uh yeah, it was, it's. Uh, I've I've had some good times in Edmonton. Uh, I mean, some of my. Uh, I think I played two or three games versus the Oilers, in which uh, when I was with the Canucks, my family. I mean, I ended up buying forty, forty-five tickets for for the one my first game in Edmonton. So it was. Uh, I think I ended up getting in a fight with Steve Steos in overtime. So it was it was a game to remember anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds incredible. Uh, I mean, you, you've played 49 uh, NHL games. You had uh, a lot of stops, uh, mostly in the AHL, but uh, a couple stops in the ECHL as, as well. I, I mean, when you when you look back on, uh, I, I don't know if it's, you know, adventures in hockey or, or, or how would you call it, but how do you look back on, on some of your minor league stops and just the journey you've been on? Well, I mean, I, I definitely had to do it the the tough way. Uh, I, I was never drafted to the NHL, so there was no no real road paved for me to uh, to get there. So, uh, like you said, I, I started. I played uh, two and a half seasons in the uh, in the East Coast Hockey League, and I was lucky enough to have some really good seasons there and and, and get some opportunities in the AHL. And I jumped around a little bit, had some games with uh, with the Cleveland Barons and. Uh, it was San Jose's farm team, and I jumped to Chicago's farm team. I played a few games for Pittsburgh's farm team, but really couldn't find a place uh, 
where I was going to stick until uh, I got an opportunity with the Vancouver Canucks farm team in, in Manitoba. And uh, that's kind of where my career kind of took off. I, I was uh, had a couple of really big seasons there and uh, got my opportunity to, to sign my first NHL contract and, and, and play my first NHL game for the Vancouver Canucks. The decision to go to Germany for this season, um, I mean, was that a tough one to, to step away from North America? And uh, I don't know what your, your family situation here, but you mentioned your, your parents and your extended family is uh, is in Alberta. So uh, what was the decision like to, to decide to take the plunge and go play in Europe? Well, it would have been a lot easier if I didn't have a wife and kids. Yeah. And uh, I, I have a nine-year-old girl and a five-year-old boy, which, which makes that decision a lot tougher. I mean, for the last three, four years, uh, my decisions didn't come on where the best place was to play, but also had to factor in where the best place for me to play with a family was going to be. And so uh, I had never been to Europe. I had never been to Germany and uh, so, so making that decision was very nerve-wracking. And but, I, I made some phone calls to some players that have played in Munich to see what kind of city, what kind of organization it was. If they had English-speaking people there, if they had English-speaking schools for my kids to go to. Uh, a guy like Blake Wheeler played here in the lockout. I called him, and uh, he was able to give me some good insight into uh, how the organizations run. And the, the hockey family, it, it's such a tight-knit community that, uh, I mean, if you don't know somebody that's played on the team, you know a, a friend of someone that played on the team. And everyone's willing to, to lend a helping hand or and and give you input on, on where to play. And if you're going to go play hockey in Germany, Red Bull Munich is definitely, if not the top spot, one of the top three spots in the league to play. Okay, awesome stuff. Jason, I got a standard question I ask everybody I feature on this segment we call Living the Dream. And you're uh you're 34, you'll turn 35 in the summer. Um you know what's what's kept you going? I mean, we we know you've played in in the NHL uh and uh, and I'm sure you hope that you get that opportunity again. But you know what what has kept you going through a bunch of different teams, I'm sure some ups and downs uh along the way. What where's that fire come from that keeps burning for the sport of hockey? Well, you know what? It, it's the excitement in the, of chasing a championship. And uh, now that I've got that feeling this year, it's it's absolutely amazing. You can't you can't describe the feeling it, uh, that that takes over your body when uh, you're lifting that cup at the end of a seventy games uh, season, or the feeling of scoring a goal in front of. I mean, some of the rinks have twenty thousand fans here in Germany that are screaming at the top of their lungs. I mean, it's. It's it's tough to describe, but also a lot of it goes into my family now. Seeing the looks looks on the the faces of my wife and my two kids, and they're they're at the age now where they understand what dad's doing and how hard dad works to get this opportunity to play. And uh, a lot of that comes from my family now. Back in the day, I would have said I love scoring goals. Now I, I love seeing the look on my uh, my kids and wife's face after a game or after I win a championship and they're able to take a picture with me holding the cup. Well, Jason, well said. Uh, again, congratulations. And, and are you coming back to Alberta for the summer? I am. I'm actually flying out tomorrow morning, so I'll be uh, I'll be back there. My sister lives in uh, in Beaumont, so I'll be up around that area for sure. Awesome stuff, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside Sports. Really great to talk to you. 
No problem. Thanks for having me. Living the dream tonight with Jason Jaffray, German Elite League champion with Munich. Wow, great story. He's really uh, working hard. Good for him to get the championship. Living the dream, one of our regular features here on Inside Sports. More scoring in Anaheim. We'll have the update for you when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Heckholm up the left wing side. Shots are 4-3 Anaheim. Puck is tipped in by Wilson. His backhander, he scores! Colin Wilson picks up the puck and backhands it over Anderson. 1-0 Nashville at 619. The great Pete Weber with the call. Paul Gostad has since scored for Nashville. And how about this? They lead the Ducks 2-0 after the first period. The Ducks last year lost Game 7 to the Blackhawks. 2014 lost Game 7 to the Kings. 2013 lost Game 7 to the Red Wings. 2009 lost Game 7 to the Red Wings. 2006 won Game 7 against the Calgary Flames. Last time they won uh, a Game 7. So Nashville... Early on, in control of that one. The Islanders beat the Lightning earlier 5-3. That's game one of a second-round series. Blue Jays lost 4-0 to the White Sox. Western Hockey League update. Kelowna leading Seattle 2-0 late in the first period. That's game four with Seattle up three games to nothing. After two in Red Deer. Brandon 2, Rebels 1. Brandon is up 2-1 in the series. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. It's 851, the scoreboard courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Bernard Suen on the other side of the window. We had Jason Jaffrey on the show for our Live in the Dream segment. Played in the German Elite League this past season. Won the championship. The league leader in assists this year in Germany, Will Acton. Yes, uh, former Edmonton Oiler. Uh, didn't play for the Oilers that much, but uh, part of the uh, Dallas Aikens era with uh, with your Edmonton Oilers. The draft lottery is Saturday. We will have coverage for you starting at 5 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Me, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Ulrich will all be plugging away on that one. So, Bernard, here's how the lottery is going to work. Now, you are not a sports fan, admittedly. Yes, yet, I know. Yet they burden me with you on this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I love you, buddy. But anyway... Um, so here's the thing. I'll try to explain it. Hopefully okay. you understand it. You're going to put 14 numbered ping pong balls in the drum. It's not really a drum. It's like an air thingy. Okay. It, 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 it mixes them up. Okay. It just tells me it says pick winner. No, that's a, we're not doing that yet. Oh. Just wait on that. Okay. I, I, I'm, you I'm have not it ready. You're, getting a, you're so excited. <laughs> I am excited. Like this, is how, this is how the real draft lottery works. They're okay. not using the website. Okay. They have 14 ping pong balls, numbered 1 through 14. Okay. They put them in there, they get mixed around, and then I think every 10 seconds or so they, they suck one out. That gives you a four-digit four combination. Okay. Okay? There are 1,001 possible combinations. Okay? They don't worry about the order. So like I said earlier, 1, 2, 3, 4 gives you the same result as 3, 1, 4, 2, or whatever. Okay? Okay. So last year for the Oilers, it was 5, 14, 6, 1. That was the order. Yeah. Could have been any order of those four. So there are 1,001 combinations. The combination of 11, 12, 13, and 14, they don't count. If that gets drawn, they, they put them back in and say, we got to draw again. Okay. So that leaves 1,000 combinations that are randomly assigned to the 14 teams that didn't make the playoffs 
So the Oilers with a 13.5% chance get 135 of the 1,000 combinations. Oh, wow. Okay? So they'll draw for the first overall pick. They'll put those four ping-pong balls back in the drum. They'll draw for the second overall pick, put the balls back in the drum. Then they'll draw for the fourth overall pick. If the same team wins twice, yep. you, you, they just disregard the second time and do a redraw. Oh, okay. Because you can't have you can't win more than once. Okay, <laughs> makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. All right. So let's each do it once. We're on the the, the famous website, NHLLotterySimulator.com. Yes. Okay, let's both hit pick winner at the same time. Ready? Okay. Who'd you get? I got the Edmonton Are Oilers. Are you kidding me? Okay, seriously, so did I. We're I not making this up. I'm I, not I, making it up. I swear on the, the life of my dogs. We are not making this up. Yeah. Bernard and I do it the simulator in different rooms. Both got the Oilers for I the know. first overall pick. Okay, you ready to do the second overall pick? Here we go. Okay. Go. Who'd you get? The Vancouver Canucks. I got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. All right, let's do the last one. Go. I got Vancouver. I got the Buffalo Sabres. All right, so I got Edmonton, Columbus, Vancouver. You got Edmonton, Vancouver, Buffalo. Yeah, I got Buffalo. So the Leafs get shut out and drop down to fourth in both. Mm, I'm checking my Leafs. Uh, it, 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 should, says... it should drop them down to fourth. Yeah, fourth, yeah. Yeah, because right now they're first. Yeah. Right? So if they don't get in the top three, they get the best pick outside the top three if they don't win a lottery. Okay? Yep. See, it's an addictive little cycle. I know. Let's, do, let's reset it and do one more okay. just for fun. All right. I'm picking winner now. I got Calgary. I got Calgary too. Oh, that, that's incredible. <laughs> I did. We got the same first pick both times. All right. Second pick. Here we go. Go. I got the Leafs. I got Boston. Bruins. Oh, oh wow. That's yeah. like a 1% chance. Yep. I got Boston. Okay. Interesting. And then my third pick, go. I get Columbus. I got Can- the Canucks again. So the Canucks got second and third in yours? Uh, the Canucks got third, yeah. Both times? Uh, the Canucks got second or third. I don't remember. No, there <laughs> should be a little chart on the bottom. Really? It says oh. you have run the simulator two times. Okay, the Canucks got second last time. Okay. So this time is third. So the only team I got twice was Columbus. They got a second and a third. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. It's very... Uh, it's sort of oddly addictive, isn't it? It is very addictive. And it has nothing to do with what's going to happen on Saturday. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> people think it does, but it, it, it doesn't. Well, people could... Um, I don't know about, much about sports, but can, can you put bets on hockey teams? Can you bet on the draft yeah, lottery? Like Probably somewhere. Bet money. Can. I don't know if you can in Vegas or not, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember my uncle used to kind of bet money on sports teams well yeah you can yeah. bet on sports are you talking about betting on the draft lottery or you're betting yeah on the draft lottery or something like that uh well i don't know if you can bet formally on the draft lottery not uh, through sports select or pro line or whatever yeah. maybe in vegas somewhere you could for sure <laughs> i wish i could <laughs> now you're addicted to the draft lottery <laughs> yeah well, you're gonna have to listen to our show okay one more time you ready okay one, one more. more okay, okay. Here we go. first pick i got columbus well i got arizona okay Second pick, I got Calgary. I got Calgary. And then I got the Leafs. I got the Oilers. Oh, because you got the Oilers twice. I yeah. only got the Oilers once. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. A uh, little bit of fun. 
Bernard, great work tonight, buddy. Are Thank you working you. tomorrow? Yeah, I'm back tomorrow again. Oh, we got more hockey to talk about. We'll mm-hmm. do the lottery simulator again tomorrow. How's that? Okay, for sure. Since you like it so <laughs> this much. This is so I'll, fun. I'll give you something about the show that you actually enjoy because <laughs> the content, you're like glazed over eyes the whole time. All right, <laughs> thanks to our guests tonight. <laughs> you heard from Jason Jaffrey of Munich in the German Elite League. He was our Living the Dream feature. We had Michael Pinball Clemens on the show this evening as well. Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country 103.9. Penguins radio analyst Phil Bork. Former Oilers goaltender Grant Fewer. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. All on the show. That was a good one. You miss anything, you can sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast on 630Ched.com. The producer of the show, Dave Campbell. He was on a little bit as well tonight, giving us his thoughts on the draft lottery and the NHL playoff format. Tomorrow, Kelly Rudy and Eskimos linebackers coach Demetrius Maxey. Once again, the Islanders beat the Lightning 5-3 and a fast, fast start for the Predators. They're up 2-0 on the Ducks after the first period. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I think Brendan Ulrich is sitting in tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. She lays me down so low here under the stars. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.